Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. We can't escape seeing all of the people coming to the rescue these days. Whether it's the doctors, nurses, and other hospital staff on the front line, or grocery clerks, postal workers, and the folks fulfilling orders at Amazon. There are so many people making an impact in this important time. I'm Patrice Socorro with Laura Gregg of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds. In this Flexible Advisor podcast, Laura looks at the financial advisory community and the people there helping everyone through this. In today's episode, we're going to be focused on first responders. And the first responders we are talking about today are you. You are on the front line every day with your employees, providing them compassion and reassurance and making sure that they have the tools they need to get their jobs done and to care for your clients. You're also on the front line with your clients, having some incredibly difficult conversations, perhaps helping them reset timelines for reaching goals that they were close to achieving, and in other cases, providing them hope that their situation may not be as dire as they think. You're also on the front lines navigating and trying to understand all of the new legislation taking place in the CARES Act. You are the person your clients and your employees are counting on, and we understand that can be stressful. Our guest today is Kelly Cruz of Cruz Consulting Group. And when Kelly and I were talking last week and planning what we talk about in this episode of the Flexible Advisor podcast, We spoke about all of the roles that advisors play, and that's where the mention of first responders first came up. When Kelly used that term, it really resonated with me, because really, that's who all of you are, both your employees and clients. So today, I'll be talking with Kelly about engaging, managing, and inspiring your team while working remotely about navigating new frontiers with your team and your clients, and setting up your advisory practice for growth that can continue outside of this crisis. But first, I'm excited to tell you about Kelly. Kelly is principal and founder of Cruise Consulting Group. She has 25 years of industry experience in a variety of roles. Prior to starting Cruise Consulting Group, she founded Investment News Advisor Solutions, And she oversaw advisor consulting engagements in the Investment News Moss Adams research studies. Kelly was also a director in advisor services at Charles Schwab, where she pioneered the industry's first human capital practice management program for RIA advisory firms. And since 2013, Kelly has worked closely with advisory firm owners and executives of financial services institutions, helping them realize their true potential. She does a great deal of human capital consulting engagements, and she helps firms with their organizational design, compensation planning, performance management, and succession planning. And Kelly is also a frequent speaker at national industry conferences, which is where we met. Uh, She's also a regular columnist for financial planning on practice management-related topics. Kelly, 
thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. Thank you. It's so great to be here today. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. Well, I know we've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. So let's start with this. As we spoke, you have been extremely busy with your clients over the last month. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're hearing from your clients these days, how it's going as they transition to a remote business model, and maybe some of the technologies you find that they're using that have been very helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I think overall, it's going really well. What I'm hearing from my clients, and I do speak directly with employees of the firms that I work with, and considering everything we're going through right now, just day to day, you know, not knowing what's happening out in the outside world, so to speak, I think firms are doing remarkably well. Now, having said that, the firms that seem to be faring um, through this the best are those that already had work from home or working remotely set up and was something that they were doing as a practice. Maybe not, you know, every day of the week, but they had the technology, the phone systems, everything set up so that when, uh, when they got the order to work from home, shelter at home, it was really just a flip of the switch. So I'm finding that those firms definitely from a technology and a productivity standpoint, they're not really missing too much of a beat other than to say they miss each other. They miss that social interaction. Most of the firms that I work with describe their culture as being like a family and they enjoy coming into work every day. They enjoy working with each other. They enjoy hearing about each other's family and what's exciting that's going on in people's outside lives from work. And that has to be much more intentional now for people to still feel that connection when they're not face-to-face every day. So I think that's the challenge. The challenge is that you know we wanna stay connected. It isn't as easy to get questions answered because you don't just get up from your chair and, you know, Hey, over there, Laura, can you answer this question for me? Uh, You have to, you know, use technology to make that happen. And so I think that's definitely a bit of a challenge to a lot, depending on the firm. You know, I know with our team, we, we typically had a, you know, once a week meeting where we all came together, we've switched it to a, a brief video conference every morning and it really has been wonderful to see the faces of my coworkers. We've done some home tours, seen some kitchen remodels, and, and we've, we've been having fun with it. But that connectivity has been really, really helpful. And we're so happy that we have the technology to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the firms that I think were what much better prepared for this had moved to cloud-based systems. Uh, using remote desktops, uh, having a phone system that automatically routes to cell phones. Those things make it much easier. Using video conferencing, had already been using that with clients. So I think that has, that's been easier. And then there are those that, frankly, I have a few firms that scrambled. They absolutely were scrambling. And Kelly, I remember when we were together earlier this year, 
we were at an industry event and I, 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 this gentleman just keeps popping in my mind, but he was the owner of a, of a large RIA and he um, shared his, his not only reticence, but his desire to never do anything remotely, not to have his um, people ever have the expectation that they could do their jobs from home. And he, I just wonder how he is faring in the shelter place society that we're living in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why you and I bonded because we both, I think, were like, what did he just say um, in that in that meeting we were at? And it, it really comes down to control and trust. And there's definitely a mindset out there that if you can see employees in their chair at their desk, that that means they're being productive and work is getting done. And, and we certainly know that's not always the case. So, and I've actually heard from a number of clients, uh, firm owners and partners, as well as individual employees, that they feel they're much more productive that this is one of the upsides is that without all the interruptions and folks kind of stopping by, you know, trying to get to, to the lunchroom to grab a bite to eat, you bump into three or four people without those interruptions, although as great as they are socially, there's actually an increase in productivity. Uh, so I feel like those firms that have had to adjust to this might be very surprised at the upside to um, to working remotely because there are definitely some benefits some benefits to that and so I think while they had to scramble to make it work out I think the benefits of it and being so responsive being able to be so responsive and nimble with clients and their requests I think it's gonna really change things going forward. And, you know, like we said last week when we were talking about the podcast, you know, now that that genie's been let out of the bottle, this working remotely, I don't think there's any, there's going to be putting that genie back in after we get through this. I think firms are going to, like I said, recognize the benefit of it. And, you know, interestingly enough, the ability to work remotely or have that flexibility to work remotely, the flexibility to work, alternative work schedules comes very high on the list of what employees are looking for. And I did some research last fall with Julie Littlechild of Absolute Engagement on team engagement. And we asked about kind of ranking of benefits and things that were important and working remotely and flexible work schedules is, you know, right behind medical benefits, competitive cash compensation. I mean, it's very high on the list. Right. And I am, um, well, I'm a, you know, a big proponent. I've had a flexible work schedule for uh, 20 years now. And I, I always said that I got more done at home. And, you know, now that I can't go anywhere, I'm even getting more done, um, which is not necessarily always the best scenario. But I think in the past, and when I say the past, I mean, pre-coronavirus, we've talked about flexibility more in the construct of what it means to millennials. But really, I think flexibility in work location and hours is, is important to people beyond millennials. And I think coming through this and having this extended experience of working remotely and getting the job done and connecting 
will have implications for all generations. And so I'm, you know, I'm just really curious to see where that leads us. As I've been talking to advisors, again, fortunately, most advisors that I've spoken with have had plans in place. They may not have stress tested them and there have been issues here and there, but they're quickly identifying where they have outages or where they need to put further support. And so what we talk a lot about is, one, not beating yourself up. You are where you are, and all you can do is move forward. But the importance of documenting the outages or the the things that aren't working perfectly so that you can start planning and building a digital roadmap to take you through and out of this crisis to be stronger. And hopefully we never see anything like this again, but to have a plan in place that you can start working through. Absolutely. I mean, I think that makes a great deal of sense. You know, it's important to look at it as a, as a learning opportunity. I mean, I know we're learning in the middle of a crisis, but, you know, as you mentioned, first responders and, And I really feel that that is a good way to describe the advisory community. I feel in life, you need health and you need financial wellness. So those two things, as we know, studies have been done, show they they go together. But the work that advisors do, which is why I choose to work and consult with them, is just so important. And right now, more than ever, understanding your financial situation and roadmap as it's ever changing every day is a critical piece of the puzzle for folks. You know, it's difficult to make decisions about what to do next if you don't really understand clearly what's going on financially. So so for me, the first responders mean you're adapting as you deal with each day what's happening just like we're seeing with our medical community and the amazing things they're doing every day to respond to what's being dealt out to them, advisors are doing the same. And so I feel that uh, being able to take some time and figure out what went well, what didn't go well, and and to do that now in the moment. So one of the suggestions, yeah, one of the suggestions that I think makes a lot of sense Instead of waiting for problems to to come to you or be brought to you, ask folks to come to you with things they're seeing that aren't working to the point you were making, Laura, in the moment. Let's um, let's discuss problems, even if we don't have solutions. You know, everybody likes to bring problems to the table to their manager to say, here's a solution. But to bring things up as they're bubbling to the surface and let's let's triage it. Let's get to it. Let's figure it out as a team and let's not wait till things get too crazy. So I think that um, this is going to create a great environment, like you said, to, to adjust your roadmap going forward, but we're adjusting in real time as well. Absolutely. And I know in the work that you do, you have the benefit of not only speaking to firm owners, but also to their employees. And I'm curious Have you been having any of those conversations over the last few weeks? And what have you been learning from the employees? How are they feeling? Yeah, I, I, you know, I have, and they, I think they all feel really good uh, for the most part that things have been able to move forward as smoothly as they have, you know, and that's not to say everything. I mean, one of the, the things that I think is still creating a need 
for some to go into the office, maybe one or two, is the need to pick up checks that are being mailed to the firm on behalf of clients and depositing those. So there's, there's a process there that I'm certain will get automated very, very quickly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, for a lot of firms, that's the only reason why I'm hearing they're going in. And so, I, again, I think this is so, so positive. Uh, again, these are firms that have gone to the cloud that have made some really great technology choices going into this. I would say just in the work that I do with firms, for some, the weak link seems to be the phone system. You know, a lot of the phone systems are older technology and even just doing day-to-day work prior to any kind of a situation we're in right now, the quality of them sometimes, you know, the ability to do conference calls. So I think that that those firms that have invested, and especially those that not have not only invested in the technology, and this is what I'm hearing from employees, but they've actually created workflows and they're utilizing it. The client service administrative role, which I think is is the lifeblood of any advisory firm, this is the role, of course, that, that does all the paper um, work for clients, uh, money movement, those RMDs um, that we've just mm-hmm. had some, some uh, changes to the requirements around them, but uh, which is, I think, a p- very positive thing. But a lot of that, um, you know, there's workflows built into the CRM system. And so these teams now can work virtually because they have a queue. Things come in from the advisors. They've got a queue system, you know, one's on point to grab it. If someone else can, it moves on to the next queue. And so, This is where we're seeing firms really, really well positioned and employees feel a lot of confidence in this because they know the work is getting done for the clients and they feel so great about the fact that they can continue, you know, I'm kind of using air quotes, business as usual, but getting transactions done for clients in a really efficient way. And, you know, that's why everybody's working in these firms. They're there for the clients and they want to be able to be responsive and get the work done. So, again, I'm hearing from employees that they feel really great about that. Now, the other side to it that I mentioned is, you know, they miss each other. They miss the interaction. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned is getting together firms. A lot of firms I work with do a morning huddle, you know, physically together, Uh, 10 minutes or so to just um, get the day set. And some that I work with even do it again at the end of the day. If you're not doing something like that, you could pick, you know, the beginning of the day or the end of the day, but just to touch base to uh, one couple firms, one in particular uses it in the morning and they actually do an appreciation. They go around and they say something that they're grateful for and appreciative for. And I think right now more than ever, uh, that's a great way to start your day instead of starting the day with a, oh my gosh, what problems am I going to run into? But to maybe get everybody off on the right the right foot by talking about what do we have to be thankful for and grateful for. So I think that's a really great practice. That's so important. And <clears throat> we're trying to implement a lot of that at, at home with our larger than normal household size these days. But it's easy to get swept away in all the things we can't do in the situation that we're in. Um, And it's so important, I think, just from a mindset, but also with a better mindset, you can better treat clients uh, the way they need to be treated and help them stay positive. 
I love that idea. One other thing about having this, I think one firm called it an eight by eight phone system. Now I'm not a technology person, so I'll give you some ideas, but I'm not the expert. Uh, one of the things they love about it is the client calls in the usual number they call and they get the person. They don't know it's been routed to someone's cell phone and they're sitting in front of a computer screen in their office at home. So it's really just completely invisible to the client that these phone lines are being being routed one way or the other. One other suggestion, now this is something and in, in I get back to really wanting to keep teams engaged during this time and always for that matter. In normal, in normal work times, I guess I'll put it that way, as managers, being available, you know, having your door open, being accessible, that's always important. And I guess I just put it in that best practice category. And, you know, some managers actually have an hour or two hours a week that, you know, everybody knows it's kind of open door policy. And if you have something you want to talk about or get off your chest or whatever, there's sort of these drop-in hours, <laughs> again, the air mm-hmm. quote. Um, well, that's more yeah. challenging to do now. So again, technology, you can set up a virtual office hour meeting. And when someone literally knocks on the door and they come in to the meeting, you lock the meeting. It's like closing your door and people know, okay, Kelly's in there with somebody for the next 10 minutes and then I'll check back and, you know, I can run that idea by her that I had. So that's another idea about just how to keep that more nimble, casual interaction, idea sharing, you know, what's on your mind when we aren't physically seeing each other. That's fantastic. You, you talked uh, about the, the phone systems and, and inbound calls, but I'm curious what you've been seeing in terms of outbound calls. Are the advisory firms you are working with, have they been really um, focused on reaching out to their, their full client base? Are they focused just on those top tier clients? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. So this is, you know, around productivity. This is part of the increase of of the workload right now for everybody. And that is the communication, communication, communication. And I'd like to remind my clients that it's not only communicating out to your clients, but that same message you need to make sure you're sharing internally with employees. So let's not leave employees out of that communication link. But yeah, a lot more meetings, obviously, that are be, be had to be switched from, you know, coming into the office to virtual, checking, making outbound calls to clients to see how they're doing, how they're feeling about things, obviously, an increase in newsletters, and online communication. Uh, some firms have really stepped up with their webcasts, or podcasts as well. I mean, I think most of them are doing more of webcasts. Uh, And that has increased, uh, again, the volume. So what I'm seeing, much like I saw in 2008, 2009, the firms that are handling this better are the ones that went into this crisis that weren't at capacity or over capacity. And that was virtually what we saw in 2008, 2009. The firms that were positioned well to be able to take on the increased communication were those that weren't, you know, splitting at the seams already in terms of workload. 
So those folks, you know, and, and for the ones that were already, you know, near capacity or at capacity, they as the partners and the owners are throwing in all the extra hours and working around the clock. And, you know, again, just to use the analogy back to our first responders, I think we're seeing that in our hospital systems. Some are much better prepared for this onslaught of patients and people coming in through ER than others based on where they were going into it around capacity. Um, so this is something that I think firms have to be aware of. Where are you at with capacity? Are there some folks that can increase? So I, I have some employees that I've talked to that are open and willing and have put in more hours. Others that have family responsibilities, kids at home now where that isn't you know, going to work as well for them, but also being flexible about when work can get done. That normal eight to five work day is, again, we're going to have to be really flexible if somebody has childcare responsibilities or someone they're caring for at home now and don't have any help uh, to do that. Maybe they need to be able to log off during part of the work day and be able to come back to work Again, making sure it's not something like trading that day, the deadline that needs to get right. done. It's something that can get done after our normal work hours. My children are older. They're all with me I'm back from college and whatnot. But, but I, I talk you. to other colleagues. <laughs> other colleagues of mine are trying to navigate teaching their grade school age children, doing the learning at home. And I think, thank goodness, for me, I don't have to deal with that, but that is a real added stress and to have the flexibility to switch your hours to take care of what needs to be done at home and the office is huge. And, you know, earlier you were talking about capacity and as you know, um, prior to this crisis, lectures conducted some research with advisors and investors. We were talking to them about, you know, whether they were growing their teams and whether they were looking for diverse candidates, whether that was gender or age or race or whatever. And, you know, I'm curious to understand if some of those who were strapped and were looking for help are continuing to look for those resources or whether everything stopped now. Yeah, actually, I have some clients, uh, one in particular right now, uh, that was really the genesis of us working together was to, to take a look at his current org organizational structure. He's at capacity and people on his team are at capacity. And, you know, it's a big decision to um, invest. I, I refer to it as investing in your infrastructure, either through hiring uh, a new employer, investing in technology. These are hard costs to firms and their biggest expense is compensation expense. So when, when that needs to happen, it's a, a little bit of a leap of faith, I think, for firm owners. In his case, he had already made that decision and actually given where he is geographically, and I, I work with clients all over the United States, he sees it as an opportunity to pick up some talent during this time because some of the major financial employers in his area 
are having some some issues around, you know, employees being able to work remotely, or maybe they're having to reduce staff during this time because of the constraints. So uh, he is actively recruiting and sees it actually as a good opportunity to find some talent that may be concerned about their current situation, their current employment, or even looking out more long-term. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, time has flown. I think we're um, pushing up to our, to the end of our podcast, but what couple nuggets would you give to some of these first responders that are listening on, on what they can do to continue to ramp up and, and grow um, through and, and beyond this crisis? Sure, absolutely. Well, one thing I would say, and I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but communication is key. To me, it's always key in engaging and motivating your team and, you know, in terms of keeping the engagement high with your clients. So communication now more than ever be very deliberate about it. Don't think you can over communicate because believe it or not, when I talk to employees, I never once have heard someone say, you know, if I could change one thing about the firm, it would be, you know, that there's way too much communication. Stop communicating. Um, Usually when I ask that question uh, about, I would say 90 to 95% of the time, the one thing that employees would change has to do with communication and transparency. So be extremely transparent right now. What's been the strategic vision of your firm? Just reiterate what that is, that you're staying the course. It's really important right now for all of us in our lives to have stability and consistency. And so creating routines and, and some structure, more maybe even more structure than, than you would think, uh, for both your employees and your clients, I think is going to benefit greatly. We need to have something we can cling to right now that says, it's consistent. We're here. We're not changing too much about what we're doing. Keep it simple right now. Don't overcomplicate anything because I think all of us right now mentally are about tapped out, you know, just getting, I couldn't believe it the other day. I'm like everyone else in the United States right now. I have like this cooking bug. I love to cook. I love to bake. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do some baking. So I thought on my one trip of the week to the market, I could find things like flour and sugar (laughs) and eggs. Well, I hear hear yeast has gone up a thousand percent year over year. We were trying to bake some bread here at the Greg house and couldn't find yeast at the store. You know, so it's really interesting when you can't even find basic supplies. We won't even get on the topic of toilet paper. Uh, But (laughs) so keeping things consistent, keeping those rituals, whether they're, you know, regularly scheduled meetings or, like I said, ramping up the communication and keeping it simple, I think is going to um, is going to really benefit everyone greatly. Kelly. Thank you so much for your time and your collaboration. We look forward to welcoming you back on the podcast in the near future. And please visit flexures.com and check out our brief section, our blog post. Kelly will be uh, helping to um, share some of her ideas in the written form as well on our blog site. So 
thank you so much. Stay healthy. Please keep helping your advisors be there as the first responders that they are. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to everyone today. Thank you. This is a special episode of the Flexible Advisor podcast. To subscribe, use the subscribe button on this page. You can also share with friends and colleagues by using the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.